Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. We're about to jump into another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Schedule, but before we do, Eric, do you have a special announcement for us? Well, yes, but before I do, I just want to say... We are all back together in the oh podcast studio. It's been a hot minute. It has been. I've it missed has, you all. It has been... I, how many weeks has it been since we've been in this room together? I don't even know. I've lost track of time. I have as well. I think it's... I, there, there have been four episodes. Yeah. So Nikki was out mm-hmm. because... We were trying to keep Nikki safe and alive because she she was in charge <laughs> of all of our Christmas Eve services and people were going down like crazy we with were, COVID. And yeah. so we were protecting Nikki. So she didn't come to the podcast studio for one. And then I actually got COVID. And so I was serving my COVID jail sentence. <laughs> and so I wasn't around for the two mini episodes that you guys did over the Christmas break. Mm-hmm. And, and then and I've, I've and been then, around. And but, then, Clayton, you've been strong the whole time. Yeah. But Earlier in the fall, I think I took some time. So you did, and then yeah. you, and then Clayton and I did an episode with Ben, yes, Chambers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now we are finally, finally back, back together. together. To ah, it's so good. We are better together, guys. So better. T- <laughs> I, I will say, you guys gave a a really really strong effort at time ambiguous banter. No. During the mini episode. Again. Oh, gosh. But as I listened at home work. from COVID jail, I think I learned pretty quick that that dumb segment does not work with just two people. No, I, that was that didn't work. I, we should have called it right then and just there, redone they, it or something. Yeah, there were, uh, there were a few things missing. One, you didn't have my sound effects. Time ambiguous banter always needs this. Always, obviously. And, no one fixed it. And second, Clayton, what is the title? The full title oh, of the Time Ambiguous Banter segment. Uh, okay. The uh, Time Ambiguous Banter about cultural events that may or may not have happened uh, because we record <laughs> these episodes a week in advance or ahead of time or how, however you say it. <laughs> time Ambiguous Banter about major social events that may or may not have happened this past weekend because we record these episodes a few weeks in advance. That is the full yeah. official oh. title of that segment. <laughs> you you the- gave the Give pacing. it a good try. It's also the it's, pacing in yeah, which you do speed. it. It's, it's, it's a tone. You, you know? have to treat it with the stupidity that it deserves <laughs> is what you have to do with that. Okay, so, uh, yeah, we need to talk about the Bible Savvy app because yeah. lots of weeks ago now when we... <laughs> Wait, way too long We ago. just need to eat some crow on this because we said live when we recorded the live podcast episode as part of the church services, we sat on a stage in front of thousands of people and said that the Bible Savvy app was being released. And then Monday came and Tuesday came and Wednesday came and Thursday and Friday. And November and December and then that came. Flipped. <laughs> All right, 2022 listen, everybody. Came. Listen, we just need to tell you this. So we won't bore you with the technicalities, but there were some technicalities the app was actually submitted to both the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. We have since gotten things resolved on the Android side of things. So uh, if you go right now to the Google Play Store, if you are an Android user, you can find the Bible Savvy app, and it is actually really, really helpful. Uh, if you're used to going to our church, Christ Community Church app, or going to the church website to find all the Bible Savvy resources, if you download the Bible Savvy app, it is much cleaner, much easier to use, really, really helpful. Now, we don't know if it's in the App Store today. 
It might be. It might not be. Apple has been um, not as easy to work with. So, Nikki, are you an Apple person or an I Android am. person? No, you I'm are an, an Apple, Apple person. person. So I, I don't have the luxury yeah. of seeing the beautiful. What are you, Clayton? I'm, I'm. I've got an iPhone. And when you search for Bible Savvy, mm-hmm. the only thing that comes up is a fly fishing app, which I have no <laughs> idea what the relevance is, but maybe it's one of those like suggestions, you know, like you, if you're trying to get calm and peace, get connected with God, go outside and fly, fly fish. fishing, <laughs> you should listen to the Bible. So I'm sitting here with my iPad and my Android phone. So I can legitimately say that, you know, I, I live in both worlds, but I do have to say this to the app store right now. Like, for crying out loud. That was a sound effect. That was not Eric. Please. (laughs) Please put our app in the app store. Uh, It is is legit some kind of technical thing that is way too technical for me to even talk about. We'll let all the IT people talk about those things. But I will say, it's really really a helpful app. So when you open up the app, it says, it says, it knows my name. Hello, Eric. Today's reading is, and then you press the button and there's the reading. So if you're used to like having to click several things and go three layers down to actually get to the daily reading, now the Bible Savvy app, it's right there for you. So it's good stuff. Yep. So whoever made that app, good job. I don't even know who made the app. Ambiguous, good job to whoever. And now it's time for name ambiguous congratulations to whoever may or may not have made our app. All right, we've talked enough about the app. What are we doing, Nick? So wait, don't you don't you want to tell them that they can go and beta test it for us? Oh yeah, you got to break you're, it. You're yeah. a good host, by the way, Nikki. That's the other thing we learned when it was me and Clayton and guests. We learned that we need you in here to host the episodes. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, yes. So the beta, it's the beta version out in the Google Play Store, and when it releases in the App Store, it is also the beta version. So here's what we know to be true. There are going to be some things about it that are either glitchy or don't work because it's a beta version. So here's what we need you to do since you guys all obviously like Bible Savvy because you listen to the podcast, or maybe you just like Nikki. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> probably just like me, but... Yeah. But if you, would, if you would download the app and start using it and find everything about it that may not be working, that would be really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. So download the app, use it, and if you find any broken links, if a button says it's supposed to do something but it actually does something else or any of those things, you can email us at podcast at biblesavvy.com. Podcast at biblesavvy.com. That's where you email us. Don't email us personally. Don't email the church. You email what, Nikki? Podcast at BibleSavvy.com. All right. Well, our passage today is in Psalm 57, and Eric's our comma guy. So do you actually... I'm going to kick it back over to you so you can walk us through what we're reading today. Uh, this is interesting. So we are actually in First Samuel right now in the reading plan, and every weekend we read a psalm in the reading plan. And this... I don't know if this has ever happened before. Clayton, it's not intentional, is it? Uh, what no, just happened with this the, psalm? Because the psalms, we just go in order. I, I intentionally put the books of the Bible in the right order, like the order I thought would be best, but uh-huh. the psalms are just one, two, three, four, five every weekend. Okay, so here's something cool that happened with this week's psalm, and which is why it's going to be the text that we discuss in this podcast episode. So some of the psalms, actually probably most of the psalms, you really don't know the historical context, the story that's going on behind why the psalm was written. But every once in a while, you do know the historical context of a psalm, and sometimes it's because it tells you as kind of like this heading to the psalm. In this case, and this is happenstance, this is a, this is a stroke of good fortune, Psalm 57, this week's psalm reading, 
actually comes out of the story that we're reading in 1 Samuel. So we thought, oh gosh, we can't we can't let this opportunity pass. So Psalm chapter 57, uh, before you even get to verse 1, it says, For the director of music, to the tune of Do Not Destroy, of David, a miktam, when he had fled from Saul into the cave, which is what we're reading in 1 Samuel. Actually, it's coming up... It's on Tuesday. On Tuesday yeah. of... Like tomorrow, like, Tuesday? Like, it, well, yeah. So... When this releases, it's a Monday, and uh-huh. so I guess tomorrow is the day yes. that you'd read it. All right, so let's start with the C in the comma method, which is context, by briefly flying by the story of First Samuel, from which we get Psalm 57. Samuel starts with Samuel. He's a spiritual leader, and this is a time where Israel is transitioning from this confederation of tribes. They say, we want a king like all the other nations. Samuel tells them, this may not work out the way you think it's going to work out, but they they insist, no, we want a king just like all the other nations. Saul becomes the first king of Israel. He starts off okay, but Saul has some character flaws that even when they are pointed out and addressed, he refuses to deal with. And so Saul goes into a moral freefall. And God then moves on to the second king and says, I've rejected Saul as king. He is unfit to be king. I'm picking David to be the next king of Israel. And what you have as the story unfolds is Saul's jealousy against David. And so Saul wants to kill David. So David is on the run. Out of this story comes Psalm 57 because David is hiding in a cave. Before David gets to that cave... He actually goes to Moab, which is a different country, and he asks the leaders in Moab to take care of and hide his family while he goes and hides in the cave. So here's my question for you, Nikki. This is a quiz. Why in the world would David, who is an Israelite, think that the Moabite leaders would be positively predisposed to help his family? Uh, I think it has to do with the fact that that Ruth was his great-grandmother, so that was like a safe it was like a safe place for him yeah so we uh we we covered this in the readings that were like we finished up judges at the end of uh december and right before christmas we had a podcast episode where we talked about the book of ruth um and and then we also did a sermon at our church i did a sermon on like christmas weekend mm-hmm. uh, on the book of ruth and it's a beautiful story coming out of this really messy thing but it's the it, the reason you tell the story is because it's the heritage of David. Uh, is Ruth this foreign Moabite woman um, becomes kind of in the lineage of, of the king? So it's a really cool connection. So there, there's a little context. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, that's some of that really subtle stuff that you pick up on when you read the Bible as a story. And so it is one of the benefits of using a, a reading plan that takes you through entire books of the Bible is you start to really pick up on these kinds of things as you keep reading and reading and reading. So Psalm 57, David is hiding in a cave. He's hiding for his life. There are people that are hunting him down that want to kill him. And so we're going to read Psalm 57. Clayton? All right. Psalm 57. Starts off with a little bit of kind of technical stuff here. Uh, the headings say, For the director of music, to the tune of Do Not Destroy, of David a Miktam. It's all musical stuff. When he had fled from Saul into the cave. Have mercy on me, my God. Have mercy on me. For in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I cry out to God most high, to God who vindicates me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends forth his love and his faithfulness. 
I'm in the midst of lions. I'm forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. All right, so we move on to the O in the comma method, which is observation. What do you guys see in this psalm? Um, well, first thing, I don't know, I just have to say this. Like, when it, in that heading where it said to the tune of Do Not Destroy, I thought to myself, I wonder what kind of, like, genre of music that would be. Like, is that, like, metal? Is it, like, punk? You know, like... <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just pictured it that. was likely played with a harp or no, a lyre. I know. So definitely not right. I get it. Um, no, but on a serious note, um, I love the way that David starts by um, proclaiming, like, and declaring his dependence on God. Um, like, you know, just these cries of like having mercy, like I have mercy on me, but then like just kind of saying like, you're my refuge and I cry out to you and you're the one that saves me because your faithfulness and your love. And it's just this de- declaring of like his dependence on, on God. It's really, it's really cool. Yeah. I, uh, I noticed a lot of the imagery. So it's, it's, it's a poem. The Psalms are a poem. And so uh, there's a lot of different uh, kind of evocative things here. And it's not, it, the metaphors get mixed here, but even the, at the beginning, it talks about like a refuge, you know, it's kind of like, you think of like, walls around you or something like that. And then there's a description of these uh, lions and ravenous beasts and their teeth have arrows. And, uh, you know, there's a net being spread for, to catch somebody. And there's I, there's a lot of vivid imagery that as I do it, it kind of brings pictures into my mind. And so, um, you know, a, a number of those things uh, jump out at me. Yeah. As you said, uh, in you, I take refuge. And you talked about being being protected if you remember that he's in a cave, like he's hiding yeah. in a cave. And so if you know that, and you, it could be that he's saying like, yeah, I'm hiding in a cave, but it's not the cave I'm trusting in. I'm taking refuge in a cave, but really ultimately, God, it's in you that I take refuge. If I'm going to be protected, if I'm going to be safe, it's not going to be because I'm hiding in a cave. It's going to be because ultimately you're, you're, the, one that, you're the one that protects me. One of the things that uh, Bible teachers will tell you about reading the Psalms is to try to identify the emotion in the psalm. Psalms are, are very emotional. They're very like real life, nitty gritty, real human emotion expressions to God. And so as I just kind of ask myself, what is the emotion of this psalm? It, it's a little desperate. It's, it's someone who is in a desperate situation, but also at the same time expressing how it feels to be in this desperate situation, but at the same time saying, this is very desperate, but God, my trust, my trust is in you. So you have these these two things going on at the same kind of like, this is what my heart is feeling, but this is what my mind is telling me. Yeah. There, there's definitely a, a two sides to this because it feels, it, it feels like someone, there's a, a sense of confidence. There's some refuge. He talk, talks about his heart being steadfast, mm-hmm. you know, like there's a, there, like in a, a similar situation, if I imagine something that felt as threatening as that to me, like 
there's a good chance that my heart would be all over the place. My mind would be all over the place. But he's describing a situation where he's found something where he says, no, I something solid is here. And so this is not an image that's in there, but it was an image that it kind of, the images evoked was that if you're in a refuge and you've got beasts all around you, you know, kind of clamoring, it almost felt like you ever been in a storm that's just crazy outside, but you get to stand inside and you're like watching it out your window. There's that feeling of like, yeah, this is kind of threatening. There's something, there's something scary about this, but somehow I found this place of calm in the midst of all of that. There's, there's that, that duality to it. Yeah. I, what I picked up on too was like this, he like toggles back and forth between what he's facing, his circumstances, and then what he knows to be true about God. And the thing that was cool for me, was like, I, I thought to myself, like how, how easy it seems like he does that here. And then I thought to myself, like, how, how often do I find myself doing that? Like a lot of times it's like you, you hear people say, oh, you shouldn't focus on the negative. Well, if, if we're facing negative things, we have to call them out. We have to face them and say what it is. Um, and But then we, we also just, we don't stay there. We don't just dwell on them and try to, you know, pick through them ourselves. But we, we say what they are, we face them, and we say, okay, God, now I need you to come in and enter into these situations. And that's what David does so, like, really well throughout every single psalm as he names his problem, and then he brings it directly to God and says, now, I'm powerless to fix this. I need you to help me in whatever way you know is best to help me. Yeah, I think it's one of the things that is most powerful about reading the Psalms and actually using them also to pray is that the Psalms invite you to deal with real life and also to deal with a real God. Yeah. And and both of those things at the same time, which, which is just reminding me right now, uh, we had a professor from Wheaton do the Bible Savvy Workshop on the Psalms, and, yeah. she, and she talks about this. So, Clayton, t- tell me again where, yeah, so where people find that. Uh, Aubrey Buster uh, is an Old Testament professor from Wheaton, and she um, – so we recorded this. We put it on uh, BibleSavvy.com. So if you go there, you'll find something that says uh, Bible Savvy Workshops where you can find – um, upcoming and past uh, workshops that we've done. So if you look for the one that just says Psalms, it, it should be there. She did a tremendous job, yeah. uh, both from an academic standpoint and from just a personal, I'm someone who's walking with Jesus, dealing with things day in and day out, and how the Psalms are really helpful uh, as as a way to express what, what Nikki was just talking about. I am dealing with some hard things in my real life, and I also know God is good, and I have to reconcile all of these things, and there's so many emotions, and my mind is trying, trying to tell my emotions what to do, and it's just, uh, it's also reminding me of, I, I know two guys right now who are both staring down significant cancer diagnoses. Yeah. And both of them have, in, in, in my opinion, and I've told both of them this, have really inspired me because... They're being able to say both things at the same time. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to this. I'm not looking forward to the surgery and the chemo. This is going to be terrible. I didn't wish I had to, I wish I didn't have to go through it. I really don't know what's going to happen on the other side of this. And at the same time, I know God is good and he can heal me if he wants to and to live as Christ and to die is gain. Like to be able to say all of those things at the same time is just tremendous. And it's what the Psalms allow us to do. I, I, for a long time, didn't read the Psalms. And really because I have more of an academic type mind, and so I really like digging into context. And and a lot of the Psalms, you can't dig into the context. You just have to feel them and relate to them. 
And for a long time, I didn't much like that, and I have come to really appreciate the Psalms. Yeah, they prevent you from flattening out your experience or forcing it into a box. It's really, it keeps the complexity. One of, one of the ways I see that in this one is in the second half, the kind of like, maybe the last third here, it talks about singing. Yeah. So like, you, you got to imagine, you're on the run, you've put your family in hiding, enemies are out to get you. Like whatever equivalent of that is in your life, it's not usually when you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to sing a song of praise. You know, like, it, like you, people like that, I roll my eyes at, you know? And yet, here's David. And obviously, he's, you're reading the songs that he's writing. Like, so there, there's honesty in them. But there is something really hopeful to say in a desperate situation, I, I'm going to sing. And, and actually, I think that is some of the ways that people, like we're talking about, like they find that realism is they say, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. If I want to believe that God is good, even in this circumstance, I better spend some time talking to him and saying what he's like and proclaiming his praises and goodness. Um, I, I think of um, in Acts, the book of Acts, Paul and Silas are in prison in the middle of the night, like they're going to die in the morning and they're singing a song. And it's like that weird hope of in a desperate situation, I can still sing. It's like, uh, gosh, I, I'm so, I've lost so much track of time during the pandemic. <laughs> I, I don't even fully remember when this happened. I think it was about a year ago now that our beloved international impact pastor passed away suddenly in Brazil. And uh, the first thing that happened at his home that his wife requested was that a team come and they just worship. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that sounds so counterintuitive, uh, but it's so right. Because yeah. it's and it's not worship in a way of pretending that that's not filled with pain and grief. It's worship saying there is a ton of pain and grief, and God is worth worshiping at the same time. Or way back in the day, I'm getting in the way back machine now. I know what you're gonna say, right? When uh, our worship pastor back yeah. then, Leonard Alstrom, whose daughter passed away in a uh, she got killed in, as the victim of a drinking and driving accident, and Leonard led worship mm -hmm. in that auditorium for hundreds of people at his daughter's funeral yeah. and said to us, and I still get choked up when I, when I think about it because I thought, oh gosh, I will follow this guy all day, every day. He said, I refuse to lead you in worship on the weekends if I don't lead you in worship right now. I thought, holy smokes. Like mm -hmm. that is, and that is the, the kind of stuff that you see in the, in the Psalms. Uh, one, of the, one of the helpful things, if you have an NIV study Bible, which we're always recommending, is that you have a good study Bible, is the footnotes or the cross-reference links that kind of send you somewhere else. And sometimes when you're reading a Psalm, a Psalm that's covering the same kind of topic or the same kind of emotion there'll be a footnote that will tell you to jump over to that psalm. And so you can start in your own Bible reading and start collecting the psalms that are kind of in the same category so that when you are really sad or you're really frustrated or you feel like people are out to get you, you can actually know what psalms to go to to express your prayers and your worship to God. So actually in this one, in the footnote, in the heading where it says, uh, for the director of music to the tune of Do Not Destroy of David, a miktam, when he had fled from Saul into the cave, that footnote right there sends you to Psalm 142. And if you go to Psalm 142, the heading or the, the lead in the title of that Psalm says, a masculine of David. So it's a, apparently a different kind of song. When he was in the cave, a prayer. So we have two Psalms, Psalm 57 and 142, coming out of that cave. Hmm. 
So just a little, as we're, we're talking about, you know, reading the Psalms, yeah. all the resources that are available, we're always saying these things, right? A good Bible, a good study Bible has tools in it that will help you understand the Bible better. BibleSavvy.com, uh, the Bible Savvy app, we have all of the things in there. And so even tips on how to read every genre of the Bible. So when you're reading 1 Samuel, how do you read an Old Testament narrative? How do you read the Psalms? Like, There's all these different forms of uh, literature in the Bible. And so uh, just a reminder, there are, if you go to BibleSavvy.com, there is an awful lot of help there. All right. What other observations do we have? Uh, I was uh, thinking about uh, verses two and three. Um, it, it, one, the particular thing that David's facing is facing enemies. So people who are accusing him, uh, uh, lying about him, trying to, uh, you know, out to get him. And uh, I think this is really interesting. You see this pattern all the time in the Bible. He prays that God would rebuke them or vindicate him. So uh, essentially saying, I'm in the right here. They are against me, but I'm not taking it into my own hands. So there's this there's this dual thing. Like some people think, okay, to be forgiving and to be you know peacemaking or whatever means I just pretend like they're not doing something wrong, or I'm gonna go out and like get vengeance. I'm gonna take it in my own hands and I'm gonna do something and we're gonna go. The biblical stance when you are wronged is to say, God, you have to be my defender. You have to be the one to do something about this. I'm putting it in your hands. It's the way someone can both say. This needs to this needs to be done, but also I won't take revenge. Um, Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. That's 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 the kind of phrase that goes at it. So I think it's really interesting that in His prayer, what do you do with someone who you feel like is against you? You say, God, this is terrible. I want you to do something. And then this is what I think is interesting in verse six. This is what happens to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, It uses the image of kind of a like a hunter spreading a net for an animal, and it's like, okay, they spread a net for me. Uh, They dug a pit for me to fall in, and yet. They have fallen into it. They've been caught in the net. And so there is something that God does pretty frequently. Like the way he brings justice in a situation is very often someone's own evil actions, their own schemes, their own sin backfiring on them. It's like the wily e. Coyote thing. You know, it's like you're trying to get the roadrunner and then all of a sudden you, you slam into the wall. Um, there is something about the nature of sin and evil that brings harm on the one who does it. And very often that's how God um, gets justice in that situation. All right. So we're going to move on to the first M in the comma method, which could either be meditation or message. These are interchangeable in terms of their order. Uh, And so we're going to go with meditation today. So you read a Psalm and you just spend some time thinking about it, praying about it, asking the Spirit of God to speak to you. And so we're going to do that right now. We always take 45 seconds in the podcast episode for meditation. And so we're going to go with uh, what the verse that Clayton just talked about, but I'm going to read a one verse after that. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed in distress. They dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. But my heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake my soul. Awake harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. Thank you. 
All right, so now we move on to the second M in the comma method, which today is message. What message can we draw from this psalm? Uh, mine was, uh, my God is bigger than my circumstances. Um, that's just, that's what I see all over here. Um, David, ex- David expresses that really well. No matter what his circumstances are, God is bigger. God is capable of, of meeting him where he is and taking care of his needs. Uh, I'm going to say this. Uh, if you want a steady heart in times of trouble, take refuge in God. So I think I th- I'm going back to that image, you know, of, uh, you know, all these things, all these, you know, beasts around. I'm in a refuge, though, and there's that calm in there, even though it really is bad on the outside. And then to be able to say, my heart, oh, God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. Um, I feel like everybody's looking for that, like, secret of <laughs> what do you do when, like, life is crazy? Uh, how do you find a steady heart in that? The, the answer is you got to find refuge in God. You got to go to him. You're talking about singing in the cave. I yeah. was actually thinking to myself, I wonder what the acoustics are like in a cave. And is it as good as singing in the shower? What do you think, Nikki? Yeah. I, mean, I just the, asked the Nikki acoustics. that question because she really wasn't paying attention. <laughs> the acoustics might, no, I heard it. The acoustics might be better in the cave than in the shower, right? I, I don't gave know. Up, I gave up singing in the shower a long time ago. You did? Yeah, because really? my kids my kids are going to like burst in there and make fun of me. They're going to like, it's just. I never did. It's not good. Never have. Wow. Caitlin, do you sing in the shower? I sing everywhere. <laughs> so that's a, that's a yes. in the yes. shower area? Yeah. I sing in my office. The bathroom's the only place I sound good. That's <laughs> where I preach my best sermons, too. All right. Uh, my, my message is the best way forward is to acknowledge what's going on in your real life and acknowledge a real God at the same time. Otherwise... It's pretending. So I acknowledge real life and a real God at the same time if I want to move forward. Mm. And so our application today, Nikki, we'll start with you. Yeah, well, mine uh, is, I don't know, I feel like it's kind of like a, a, a bridge between the two of, of your messages. Uh, because for me, my application comes from my observation. That I said my God is bigger than my circumstances. But what I, what I was writing here was like, I said, like, David's constant committedness to God, um, what, what kept his heart and his mind sane was his ability to identify his problems and bring them to God. Um, he didn't keep them to himself. He didn't push them down and pretend like they weren't there. He, he identified them. He wrote about them. He sang about them. He prayed about them. And he brought them to God and said, help me with this. And so it, it's that balance of, like you said, of saying what we're facing and then bringing it to God. I think my application is uh, I need to sing. <laughs> um, so I, I I have a playlist, a Spotify playlist that I that I keep that I I go to when I'm having a bad day. You know, like it's it's my like worn out soul is what it's called. You know, I'm just like just beat up by life, and I've got songs that I know really help me with that. I think it's time to update that. Just just say hey, like because some of those songs I've like heard so many times they're not quite having the same effect. But I think having that tool of like, these are the songs I go to when I really need to take refuge in God is, is worth doing. I'm going to steal that one, but I'm going to steal it retroactively. It's not something <laughs> that I need to do in the future. It is, it's something I do now that I just want to remind myself in, in, by way of application that it's, it's probably an important habit that I very easily can let go of. 
uh, because in a in a world where it seems like everybody's creating content and consuming content, it feel it, you can feel this temptation of like, well, if I'm not consuming as much content as that person or that person, or then I'm doing something wrong. It's like Clayton when you say that you consume 150 books a year. I'm like, oh, yeah, I am like the worst human ever, right? And so, but I intentionally, intentionally, when I'm driving in my car by myself, it's music. It's worship music. It's music. It's not audiobooks. It's not more. It's not more content. It's that. And sometimes I actually, while I'm driving, feel like I'm wasting time, which is an insane thought because I'm driving. Like the whole point of driving is going from point A to point B, not what you're actually doing in the car. See? And so this is a good reminder for me that there is a dimension of our lives that is very important, and music and prayer and worship is is a big part of that. All right. Well, thanks for listening this week, friends. Join us again next Monday for a new episode. We'll be looking at another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Schedule. In the meantime, if you're not following along with the reading plan, you can check out BibleSavvy.com to download it and to start reading along. You can also check out the Bible Savvy app in the Google Store to beta test it. Hopefully, it'll be in the App Store pretty soon. Also, you can subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Email us your questions or suggestions at podcast at BibleSavvy.com. Lastly, tell your friends, and we'll talk to you next week.